awesome. I remember one night Mike was putting Enya, our oldest, to bed. And I'm in a, a room with the door shut, nursing Sky, the newborn. And I can hear Enya's tantrum just getting more and more epic. And I'm trying to relax, but I'm like getting more and more frustrated mm -hmm. to the point where I just snap and I scream at the top of my lungs behind a closed door yeah. for Enya to just shut up and go to bed. And Sky stops nursing and looks at me and she just, this horrific little baby face is just crying. And I'm like, this is this has to change. We can't continue doing this anymore. Hi guys, I'm your host, Megan Van Diepender, and this is the Empowerhood Podcast. I am so happy to have you here. You know, motherhood is hard, and we are going to talk about all of the hard things that just are not talked about enough. So buckle up and enjoy this episode. All right, so hi, Natalie. Hey. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. Good, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to hear your story. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. So everyone listening in today, we have Natalie Hickson here with us, and she is going to tell us all about her motherhood journey and um, how she overcame destructive anger as a parent. So I'm so excited to get into this subject today, Natalie. Why don't you start off and tell us a little bit about you? Who is Natalie? Yeah, so um, I live in Bozeman, Montana with my high school sweetheart and two of my three girls. My oldest is in college in Tennessee now, so... Okay. Um, but yeah, I am a life coach for mamas who are trying to overcome destructive anger and burnout, and it all stems from my story and and where it all began with me. So I'll just jump right into that. Yeah. Um, so I grew up with parents who the way that they experienced anger was, it was yelling, it was um slamming doors. It was just kind of destructive and loud. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up not liking it, but I just thought that was normal because mm -hmm. both of my parents were that way. Um, fast forward to when I got married to uh, Mike, um, when we moved in together, I was that way and he was completely opposite. He was quiet. He was, he would um, withdraw. And I can remember yelling at him in a fight, like, why won't you yell back at me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's not what I do. Right. <laughs> so I started to see a big difference at that point. And, and I didn't like it, but I was like, well, this is just who I am. It's part of my history. I'm Scottish, Irish blood. We yell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but then when we had our first daughter, um, I started to notice, especially around the age of two, that my anger was really getting the, it was, I was completely, con it was controlling me. Okay. And um, you could literally find us both on the floor throwing two-year-old tantrums. Um, wow. It's not pretty. This is like the most raw and most unbeautiful part of the story. But um, I was very abusive. I mean, I would scream at her and I'd belittle her and I would spank her too hard. I'd leave little bruises on her arm and squeezing her too tight. I was a very scary mommy. And um, and I don't share that lightly. It was yeah. It's very difficult yeah. to like be in that place. And I share that because I know there's other moms out there experiencing that. And it's so easy to be in that place and think you're the worst human in the world. And if anybody knows, they're going to take your kids away from you. And, and I share my story to offer hope that there's a place to change. You can change. You're not stuck and you can overcome this. But 
um, continuing on my journey, when we had her sister a few years later, she was about three, um, four years old when we brought her home. I remember one night Mike was putting Enya, our oldest, to bed. And I'm in a, a room with the door shut, nursing Sky, the newborn. And I can hear Enya's tantrum just getting more and more epic. And I'm trying to relax, but I'm like getting more and more frustrated mm -hmm. to the point where I just snap and I scream at the top of my lungs behind a closed door yeah. for Enya to just shut up and go to bed. And Sky stops nursing and looks at me and she just, this horrific little baby face is just crying. And I'm like, this is this has to change we can't continue doing this anymore yeah. and at that point i felt like i'd tried everything i'd read books i'd you know i'm i'm christian so i'd been praying i was like please change me but i just felt hopeless every night i'd cry going to bed and wake yeah. up in the morning and just mess up the next day so i decided that the way to fix things would be to take Enya to therapy because if Enya could stop throwing tantrums then i wouldn't get upset <laughs> Yeah. That was my logic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we did. We took her to therapy and the therapist met with her and observed her. And then she met with us and she said that Enya was perfectly normal for her age and development. And I'm just like, well, yeah, but you're not at home with her. And she said, I, I understand that. But Natalie, I really think you need to be in here, not her. And that was just kind of a wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um. But at the same time, really deep down inside, I felt like somebody was telling me there is hope yeah. and you can change and we can work through this. Mm -hmm. And so I went to, it was psychoanalysis therapy. I did that for four years. Um, I learned a lot about myself and my yeah. past and kind of the way I tick and why. But I left therapy still having patterns of destructive behavior. And I want to talk about the difference between destructive behavior and, and normal anger in a minute. But, um, so, but it got the ball rolling for me. You know, it was somebody validating, you can change. You have the ability to do this. Continue. And, and for me, it was walking in my faith. And it was walking through um, various different trials and businesses and stuff that mm -hmm. just personal development that continued to get me into a better place. And then really when I started coaching moms through anger and um, burnout, that's when it elevated even more for me because I was then accountable to the people I'm coaching. Yeah. And through coaching them, I found more and more techniques on how to help. And um, I'm by far perfect today, but it is so much better than it ever has been. And, yeah. and those destructive outbursts have stopped and it's just the guilt and the shame I've been able to let go of that and the relationship I have um especially with my oldest since she's the one who endured the most from me yeah um a really sweet moment came for me last year even when I went to spend some time with her at college and I was trying to just make sure I wasn't in her space didn't want to get in her yeah. you know way and and she, but and I said I you know if if I'm in your way too much or anything, let me know. And she's like, mom, having you here makes my stress levels go down. Like, it's so good to have you here. And to hear those words yeah. and think about where we were when she was two. I mean, I get emotional just talking about it now. It's just beautiful in the way that things can change. Yeah. And, and 
we're never too far gone. You know, we aren't right. stuck. We can, we can overcome. Yeah. You can overcome and you can always repair too, right? You can put repair yes. with your children. And yes. yeah, first of all, thank you so much for sharing that because I can't imagine that it's easy to talk about, you know, such a dark period in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it will help so many people. And I truly do think we all have moments like that where we just snap. Um, it might not be on like a regular basis, but just where it just gets to be too much. Um, yeah. and yeah, I have so many questions around all of this stuff because of course, as moms, we have a ton of guilt, a ton of shame. We carry that around with us, you know, every single day. And it, and a lot of that, I feel like, comes from when we have these moments where we do lose our patience and we get angry and we yell. And then we feel like crap about it and we're like, we'll do better tomorrow. But then somehow we always end up back there. So I'd love yeah. to pick your brain about that stuff and just like, how did you start getting out of that pattern? Mm -hmm. Well, so – that's, I want to bring in that piece of destructive versus normal, mm. right? So that destructive anger really comes up when we're feeling out of control. We feel like we need to protect mm. ourselves. We need someone to do something that they're not doing, which is very often with, yes. with raising children, right? Yes. And, and so we get to a point where if we haven't learned how to process how we're feeling and create more awareness around these triggers, mm. we end up just exploding. Yeah. And maybe there's people, there's absolutely people I work with even who come to me and exploding isn't their thing. It's the passive aggressive behavior. It's mm -hmm. the withdrawing that they okay. struggle with. Yep. Right. Yep. So that all leads into the destructive behavior is yelling, screaming, belittling, physical abuse, um, silent treatment. It can be snarky comments, right? Mm -hmm. It can be any of these things that we're doing that hurt the relationship yes. and that we're trying to do. And in the moment, it feels really relieving to let it out. I mean, yeah. it's an endorphin rush to just scream at the top of our lungs yeah but at the same time immediately following we have all that guilt for doing it right yes. yes whereas normal anger especially for moms we're irritated we might have to raise our voice to get our kids attention mm -hmm. you know um we might have to take those deep breaths and and just let them know i'm frustrated right now mm -hmm. and we're getting to a place and there's many times where i'd be like well when i was growing and, and getting healthier and even to this day I'm really frustrated right now and you are not the problem, but we have a problem. We need to work through this challenge. Okay. But right now I need to go calm down before I can talk to you. Okay. Right. Or you need to go calm down before right. we can talk. Right? right. So it's okay to feel anger and that's a big deal. Yeah. A lot of times we think just because we're feeling angry, we're bad. Whereas it really has to do with that's a feeling that's yeah. normal. Yeah. What are we going to do with our feeling? Okay. Right. Right. So it's how you channel that anger over yeah. not just like yeah. feeling it. Because I mean, it's an emotion, right? So you can't just like yes. get rid of anger. And I also yeah. like, so as we're talking about triggers, triggers come from, from where? Our childhood or like, because we can't really get rid of triggers, can we? Well, it just depends on like exactly where we're at, but as far as triggers, a lot of things, the way I kind of look at tr triggers is what are those things that are creating, like getting you to this point, mm. right? 
there's patterns that we have that we've developed. Like I, you know, in my story, you hear the pattern very obviously. My parents processed anger in a destructive way, yes. right? And so I picked that up. Yeah. And that's how I learned to, and I can even remember my mom telling me, it's okay to yell. That's how you vent, you know? Right. You know? And so I really learned that this was okay. But then when I got married and recognized this isn't normal, yeah. right? Um, or healthy, especially when you have children. So to, to the point of triggers, um, I like to really create a lot of awareness around what is triggering you the most, okay. right? So a lot of times, you know, you might be able to just to sit there and think, you know, maybe it's bedtime, maybe it's getting out of the house, maybe it's dinner time. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of these common triggers? Getting into the car, if we have littles, getting them into the car yeah. and getting them out the door, that can be very Getting triggering. out the door on time. Yeah, that's always mm -hmm. one because you're in a time restraint. Yeah. 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 Um, but then there's also other events in our life that can be going on that can be triggering us. Maybe you're getting upset over things that you haven't really ever gotten upset over and there's you're not giving credit to the fact that maybe you just had a death in the family or maybe you were scrolling social media and saw some news that just totally gave you anxiety. Right. Yeah. And then you turn around and, and your kiddo's just coming to ask a normal question. You're like, what, what do you want? You know? Yeah. So it's learning how to be more in a place of awareness and more in the moment with how we're feeling instead of if, if we don't stop and think about these things, we just, kind of go along our business and we keep yeah. getting upset and we keep getting in the cycle. Right. So I really like to bring awareness to triggers. And one of the things that you can download for free, I think you have a link for that um, for yes. my, at my website, you can download a trigger tracker. And so what I, I suggest is take one of those common triggers, or if you just got upset recently, mm -hmm. take that event and go down and process through what's going on for you. And it asks you, what did you do? What was going on for you? What was going on for the other person? And um, I know you speak a lot about health in your podcast and yeah. what you, you, you know, when you're thinking about these things and sleep. And so are you hormonal? Did you not get enough sleep? Yeah. Have you missed a few meals or are your kids hangry or, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah, looking at it from that and then kind of like what, how do you want this to look in the future? Like okay. if this event happens again, how do you want to process this in a more healthy way? What would that look like for you? Okay. So we're really just creating awareness by asking ourselves these questions. And mm -hmm. you're like, well, just ask yourself a bunch of questions. How's that do anything? It really does help you refocus when yeah. you start to oh, think yeah. about these things. I think so too. Mm -hmm. Just like, you know, becoming more curious about like, why am I angry right now? Like what? Because yeah. I've heard too that like, you know, when you get angry with your child or are triggered by something, sometimes it reflects how you are and that's why you're triggered yes. by that. So, it's, so yes. I know for myself, I'm like, all right, what is she doing right now that I don't like about myself? And I know it's hard mm -hmm. to kind of like zone in and be like, you know, you're angry, right? So it's like, I got to zone in and think about myself for a second and like, what is she doing that really bothers me that maybe I do too? And instead of getting yeah. angry, being like, okay, I do that and I don't like that about myself, but like, how can I help her in this moment? Because I think you're right. A lot of the times 
it doesn't even it's not even what the child is doing right it's like something outside our control are you stressed at work are you late did you not eat you know are you trying to get something done and your child is like causing a scene or you know causing a problem mm-hmm. it's like all these outside factors that are causing you to be angry at this person that is trying to talk to you right now but it's really not their fault right they yeah they, especially Absolutely. if they're really little it's definitely not their fault um it doesn't make it any easier i like don't know i mean i do you think it makes it easier to kind of zone well, in? And... It gets really complex because a lot of times, too, when somebody's upset, we take it upon ourselves. Like, it's our problem, too. So, um, and then when we're dealing with our kids, we're looking at them like, if you would just calm down, my life would be easier right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop making this about me. And, and right. they're not making it about you. Mm-hmm. It's what's going on for them and their age and development. Like she said to me in the therapy office, this is normal for her age and development. And I'll yeah. tell moms, go look at your kid's age and development. Go look it up online. Yeah. See what's normal for them. Because sometimes we look at that and we, like you're saying, we, we take their behavior and we think it's because of us. Yeah. It's either something we did and they're modeling it for, you know, they, they learned that from us. I'm like, actually, that's normal human behavior. And yeah. and we are the ones who need to grow in our emotional maturity. Mm-hmm. We're seeing our kids throw a tantrum, but like, I, you know, you hear in my story, I was throwing the two-year-old tantrum. I was on the floor screaming and crying with her, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I was like stuck in this maturity level that. I needed to grow and you're the adult. And so there's things like when in the heat of the moment, when you're really upset, Mm -hmm. um, I like to do what I call sit and pee (laughs) or (laughs) sit and pray is, is how I kind of teach it, but pee, you can shorten it up. And and here's how it goes. It's a, it's acronym. So sit is S is stop. Yeah separate yourself if you can. The P is in there to like, go to the bathroom if you can, right? If it's safe to leave your kids, if they're old enough that you can do that. If you can't, if you have to stay in the room, change your position. Maybe you are on the couch, move to the floor or or move across the room, but do something to just separate yourself for a minute. Mm -hmm. Take a deep breath. That's the I, the inhale. And then there's tune in. It's okay that I'm upset right now. Mm-hmm. why am I upset right now? It's okay that they're feeling upset right now. Why are they upset right now? Yeah. So we're validating us. We're looking at the situation. We're just trying to stay in the moment because if we can stay in awareness and keeping our mind focused in the moment, that helps us not get to that escalated part where we're just checking out in rage, right? Okay. So we're trying to work into that just to reset. Okay. And then if, if you're you know, of faith, you can pray. If not, meditate, whatever it is for you. Yep. But take that moment and just, I need strength right now. Yes. Right. And so then we're able to come back into that moment after we've had that reset. And not always, but many times we can come back and be like, okay, what's going on? What do we need to change? How do we need to work through this challenge? Mm -hmm. And then we're taking it, you know, and looking at it from a more mature angle. And another thing that I'll say when you're feeling upset, if the only thing you can do is take a deep breath, great, but say what's productive and what, you know, what's responsible right now. What can I do that's productive and responsible? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, it's keeping our mindset in a healthier place while feeling the emotions and validating. It's okay. I'm angry right now. Anyone would be angry in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, I mean, I think it was just Sunday. 
we were trying to get out the door to go to church and my daughter was fighting with me about brushing her hair and I, she was like yelling at me and I was like stop yelling but then like not even like 30 seconds later I'm like ah! you know so I'm like oh my god I'm totally contradicting myself like I just told her not right. to yell and then I'm yelling and it's like right I didn't I did take deep breaths after a while and we you know talked about it and it ended up being fine but you know just moments like that where you like you instantly regret them, right? I was like, mm-hmm. why am I yelling right now? Like, yes, it's super frustrating, but like, this is just hair. Like, I need to like choose my battles. You know, it's something deeper. And I know I did think yeah. about it and I figured out what it was deeper. It was it was something about me, just like I said. <laughs> right. um, but, you know, I instantly regretted it. And we're like on our way to church to go, you know, learn and grow with God. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm acting like such a jerk and like a horrible parent. And mm. it just – the message actually felt like towards me, I felt like, in church. So it ended up being it all good and whatnot. But just like you said, I needed to – kind of separate myself and I couldn't I was in the car so I did take some deep some deep breaths and was able to talk Mm -hmm. to her in a regular voice and we kind of do the same things in situations when my daughter you know is feeling you know anger or out of control and we're like all right you're gonna take a minute or two to go sit by yourself and just think about what's going on and then come back to us and talk to us in a respectful you know manner when we can talk about this yeah um so it really goes both ways and a you know, we're not perfect, right? I mean, you said you're you're far from perfect. And I think that was actually one of my questions because it's like we're not ever going to be perfect. Like how do we get rid of these thoughts of like guilt and adequacy, you know, when we do go through these moments? Um, like what do you think of when this happens for you? Yeah. So partly for me, because of, of my faith, I – you know, I have to turn those over and surrender those to God and just recognize that my kids are also on their own journey. And just like I had to learn from the mistakes of my parents um, and grow from them, Mm -hmm. they're going to have to grow from the mistakes of mine, Mm -hmm. right? And grow from them. And by being a parent who like my, my, my girls, all three of them know my story, what yeah. I'm telling you today, they've heard. Yeah. And I've told them, especially as they get older, like Enya, I said, Enya, as you continue to grow in your, your life, um, whether you have kids, if you have kids, it could come then. It may never come up for you. But if anything ever comes up from you, for you and you recall things from your childhood that felt hurtful for me or you don't understand, you have questions, you need mm-hmm. to know you can come talk to me about them without me attacking you or denying it. I recognize I made a mistake and I want to, I want you to be able to grow. And if talking to me helps then, you know, so just being open and honest with them. Okay. But also just recognizing there's, there's things from our past that sometimes we need to really take a a look at. Right. And there's people maybe we need to forgive, including ourselves and the things that we've done. Yeah. Because resentment can really create a lot of, of boundaries like that we just don't feel like we can cross and we're just in this self-protective coping place yeah and that's how we've grown up and so being able to break down those walls and a lot of times it comes from looking at our past and going what what has what happened what patterns am I still looking like living through yeah. I like to think of it like glasses what lenses are am I seeing this through right now right yeah and 
And so it's, there is some of that hard work that we have to do sometimes, especially if we're stuck in a place like I was, where it was just this endless cycle of rage and and guilt and shame. Right. So it's taking, rolling our sleeves up and doing some of that hard work to, to overcome some of that. Yeah. And then just walking through recovery, which is that taking responsibility Mm -hmm. for what we're doing and what we've done. Like in the beginning in my story, Enya had to change. And I recognize quickly in that therapy office, it's me who has to make that change. I can't change anyone else around me, but I can change my reactions by working through this, this other stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, kids learn the most just by watching us. Right. I mean, that's like almost the baggage that we have is from watching our parents. Right. And it's not like they were consciously doing things to us to make us make mistakes when we're older, you know, it's just life, right. It's all we know because that's who we're around the most. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, just being aware of how you're acting is actually more of an influence to your child than talking to them probably at, as at an age of like two, three, four years old, really, they're going to learn more from just observing. Um, yeah, and they need to see that it's okay to make mistakes. Yes. Even when I make a mistake with one of my kids, even to this day, if I say something, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that, you know? Mm-hmm. And instead of living in this place of, oh, I'm such a terrible human, you know, you don't want to be so careful what you're saying about yourself. Yes. Instead of spiraling in this this self-pity, we need to rise above it and go, I, I'm sorry. I apologize, apologize for how I just spoke to you. Yeah. Please forgive me and move on. And what you're doing in that moment is showing your kids you make mistakes, mm-hmm. you apologize, mm-hmm. and you move on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and they, if you are a perfect parent and you never have a mistake, then I have moms who come to me and they're like, my parents never got upset. I never saw any conflict in my house and I can't understand why I'm angry. You know, and it's like, well, you, they're feeling guilt and shame for having any emotion at all. That was what it was like in my house. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't say there was never a conflict, but we're just not a confrontational type of family. So I really had to work with being able to express my emotions and know that it was going to be okay to be able to express those. Like my husband's not going to leave me. You know, he's not going to be mad at me. It's really like even my daughter, like just being able to talk about emotions and not make it like a thing. Just it's it's normal just to talk about emotions. And going back to what you said about apologizing, I feel like – Being able to apologize after I made mistakes really, really changed that guilt aspect for me because Mm -hmm. knowing that you can always repair, this doesn't make it okay, you know, to talk to someone like that. But I mean, we're going to make mistakes. It's just, it's going to happen. We're not perfect. So just knowing Mm -hmm. that I could go and apologize and we could talk it out and forgive each other, that really took the the beat myself up part out of it that I didn't have to beat myself into the ground call myself a bad mom do all these things to myself talk down to myself you know that got rid of that for me where I knew I could be like I'm gonna think through this what bothered me on a deeper level and then I'm gonna go apologize to my daughter because it probably wasn't her fault I mean is she perfect no but like there's more to the story than just like yelling and getting angry always Even on her part, too. Usually when she gets angry, it might be something else going on. Something happened at school that she didn't want to talk about. You know, stuff like that. So it's like that really got rid of that, you know, your horrible mother type of thing for me. And it really, really helps. I highly recommend 
just knowing that you can always repair no matter what you did. I mean, even just hearing your story, knowing what you did and still being able to repair your relationship with your daughter. um, Mm -hmm. It's it's just huge. It's definitely life changing. I feel like it's a great start to, you know, getting rid of those like shameful feelings after you mess up because you're going to mess up. Absolutely. And, you know, we always focus on the mess ups. Mm -hmm. We aren't ever really focusing on what do we do that's right. What do we do that's yeah. good? And our kids know that we love them yeah. and we show them love. We need to focus on those things. Like what's good. My clients every day, they have to fill out a little daily tracker because I like to see where they're at and yeah. just holistically. And one of the things they have to do is write three things about your day, about you, your motherhood, anything yeah. that was good today. Yep. Focus on those good things because we often just want to hone in on what we're doing wrong. And then that's mm-hmm. where our focus is. Right. Then we continue to act out on that point of focus instead exactly. of let's point out the good things. Let's, yeah. let's point out how we want to grow in a healthier way. Yeah. I mean, I think visualization too is huge and really just thinking what you want to happen too, instead of thinking yep. of the past and what you did wrong, you know, what do you want your relationship to look like with your child or how do you want to be as a mom? Like I know on your website, it says like show up as the mom that you want to be. Like, who do you want to be? Because like you said, a lot of times we're so stuck in the negative, even with our children, like we're so focused on what they're doing wrong so we can correct them instead of focusing on all like the amazing things that they're doing right. And I feel like when you shift that focus, which is really hard because maybe it's how we were brought up or whatnot, just to think more of the negative than the positive. But our thoughts mm-hmm. are what is actually going to happen. We have to like, yep. you know, put ourselves in the right direction by starting to think those thoughts that we actually want to come true. Absolutely. Yeah, I even use that for sleep. It's like, how do you want to sleep? You know, write it down mm-hmm. in detail before you go to bed because a lot of times our mind is getting in the way of, you know, what we actually want to happen in, in the world. It's like the same thing with money. It's the same thing with health and nutrition and all these things. You have to get there mentally first before it's going to happen for you. Yeah, I think it's Brooke Castillo who she talks about. She's a life coach and teaches life coaches, mm-hmm. um, but she's got a self-coaching model and she it's talking about how we have a set of circumstances and our thoughts come from that and our feelings mm-hmm. come up from our thoughts and then our actions come from our feelings. Yes. So our thoughts are going to prove our actions every time. Yes. And it's, yeah. it's important to where we yeah. put our thoughts. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's it's self-talk too, right? I mean, it's not only like visualizing what you want for the future, but it's like, how are you talking to yourself? Because this is going to really show up in how you feel. Because if you're not talking kindly to yourself or or promoting positivity, you know, in in who you are and as a mom, then it's not going to show up in your day with your feelings, right? Yeah. There's an exercise I'll have my clients do um, about negative self-talk. And I'm like, okay, so I want you to be aware of it this week. You're not Mm going to catch every thought, but I want you to catch as many as you can write them down. And then after a week or two of writing some of your negative thoughts down, I want you to sit down and write the opposite of that. Okay. And so what it does is it creates this like, wow, I think negative about myself a lot. Yeah. And you don't really think about it unless you're being aware of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's what these exercises are meant to do. And then you're like, okay, but that's not, that's not how you want to think about yourself. So how can we improve this? What's the opposite of that? Let's start focusing on what we want, even though we don't feel like we can achieve it. We don't feel like we are that. Mm -hmm. We have to let go of our feelings in that way and go, this is what I want. This is what I want to focus on. What does a mom who 
works through a situation about what does a mom who's got more patience and is a bit more calm when getting out of the house, how does she work through her day? There's a little more preparation. There's some deep breaths. There's some letting them win the battle. Yeah. 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 And so we're, we're taking those things and just looking at it and going, what does that look like? And if you honestly can't find out, go search on the internet or go ask a friend who you think might be doing that well, what are you thinking? Or how are you, how are you getting through these challenges? Right. Cause I get stuck in this area. Yeah. I mean, that's a great exercise just because sometimes I think we don't even think like, what do we want? Because we're either so busy or just so in this pattern that we're not even like thinking like, how do I want my life and my home and like how we interact in the home to even look at, look like, you know, we really have to bring that down and like really think about it. And um, I think just doing that exercise and like becoming aware if it is a becoming aware of negative thoughts and that kind of brings your attention to, you know, how do I want my house to be, then that's great. Um, I mean, it all starts with awareness, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. with anything. If you're not aware of something, then you can't change it. So you have yes. to become aware of it first. Um, so yeah, I love that. I love writing down just like thoughts too. And I know one year, my husband, and I can't remember the guy that wrote the book, but he wrote a book about um, complaining and he did this like challenge where you had to wear a band. So he sold these like rubber bands and you had to keep it on your wrist. And if you complained, you had to turn it to the other wrist. And so the goal was to not complain and to keep it on your wrist for I think it was like 30 days or something like that. So 30 days with no complaints. So we tried yeah. this. It was crazy. It was almost like what you said about the negative thoughts because like I was like, you know, one hour in and I had already moved it over like a couple different times. I'm like, wow, I really complain a lot. And I had no idea. So again, just like doing like, I mean, do what works for you, but do an exercise that is going to bring your awareness to, you know, how you talk to yourself, negative thoughts Mm -hmm. towards your family or children or life, you know, anything, even money. Like so many people have issues with financials and money because their mind is holding them back, not necessarily like their job or, um, and you know, same thing goes with complaining or, you know, any of that stuff. We don't want to waste our time complaining. We want to be grateful and, you know, be open to receiving more, right. Or whatever God has to offer us. So yeah, I liked that exercise a lot. I should do it again because, you know, we do get stuck back in our, we do like, I didn't get into that. Yeah. It's, It's so true. And that's something too, where, Um, like science, as we learn something new and as we work on building awareness, we're actually laying down new pathways in our brain, like, like physical neurons are being laid. But that doesn't mean that if we're under stress and overwhelmed, like when the first six months of my daughter leaving our house, I mean, she states away from us. Yeah. That was really challenging for me. Even, even though I like thought I'd prepared for it, it was way more more challenging than I even imagined. And so I saw some old patterns happening Mm. in that those six months. And I knew this is because of what I'm going through right now. I need to give myself some grace. I need to give my other girls some grace because they're going through missing their sister too. And, and so it's just recognizing I'm not reverting. I could have very easily gone. I'm reverting. I, I can't teach anybody about going through this stuff because I'm having some of my same old patterns that I went through, you know, and it's, you sit in that spiral, it's, you want to get out of that spiral. And it was like, no, this is because of bigger things out of my control that I'm trying desperately to control and I can't, and I have to surrender that. So it's, it's just important to understand 
you can make progress and still make mistakes. They'll have some old patterns come up. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're not growing. If you continue to take a step forward every day, you wake up every day and you're like, I'm determined to try to be my best today, knowing I'll make mistakes. That's a huge, huge first step. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I love that. And thank you for saying that. Cause after I tell you that I just like freaked out on Sunday. Um, I mean, I've come a long way and I do believe that though. Like you're still going to fall back into old patterns. Um, I think the most important thing too, is like now you have the tools to be able to get yourself out of those old patterns too. And you recognized it, right? So like before you probably wouldn't have recognized it and now you can recognize it. And I did too on Sunday. I was like, all right, this is not me. And, (laughs) um, you know, I can get out of this and I can fix it and I can try better next time. I mean, because we can't erase the past, but we can apologize and we can move forward, you know, learning something and trying to be better next time to catch yourself beforehand. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What advice do you have for women out there today, Natalie, that might be dealing with some of this? What would be like a first step? Yeah. First of all, you're not alone. You're a special person. My life coach told me you're a special person, but you're not a special um, snowflake. (laughs) (laughs) So you, you have what you're going through as somebody else is going through Mm -hmm. and the fear of you not being able to change or even the fear of someone taking your kids or what they're going to think about you if they knew Um, that can be really crippling and that can keep you Mm -hmm. in a place. And I just want to say, don't stay there. Reach out to someone you trust, reach out to, um, if you're in a church, reach out to a church member you can trust or a best friend, um, speak out help, you know, and, and just don't stay stuck. Would you recommend (laughs) like getting a therapist or like a counselor at church or a therapist? Would you recommend getting a therapist or what would be, or just finding a friend to talk to would be a good start. Any, yeah. I mean, wherever you feel like maybe you're led, like for me, since I'm coaching, I'm like, coaching has been tremendously helpful. We mm-hmm. went through it for our marriage. We were yeah. in a place where we thought we were going to divorce and went through coaching. I like coaching because it's more forward thinking. Yeah. We do have to touch on the past a bit, but we also are looking at how do we make steps forward? How do we make goals and and have these progress mindset shifts? I feel like coaching is more in the mindset shift world and therapy. Absolutely go to therapy, especially if you've had major trauma, right? Because they are going to be able to help you better, but absolutely. I mean, you can come see me, um, but the first step at all, just don't stay where you're at. Right. You know, start researching and recognizing you can change. Yeah. you're not stuck. I don't care if you're listening to this and your kids are already out of the house. You can yeah. absolutely mend things with your children, go back and, you know, yeah. apologize for, you know, you're starting to learn, oh, this is how I was and that's not how I should have been. And, yeah. you know, and mend those things with your kids. Yeah. What about um, for people that maybe are thinking about having a child and had like a traumatic childhood or something like that? Would you, because I feel like when you have a kid, all this stuff gets like all your baggage comes up. Does that make any sense? Like, I mean, we don't even know we have these triggers, right? And then you become a parent and then like, bam, it's like there. Is, does that right? sound like normal to you? Like, or is that just me? <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting you say that because like for me in my story, when I started to recognize that there was something not quite right with how I was dealing with my anger when it was just me and Mike, 
I remember being afraid of having children because yes. I was afraid that I would hurt them. Yeah. It didn't obviously stop me from it, but right. it was very scary. And yeah. so, yeah, absolutely. If you, if you have not ever learned how to process, you know, think of other areas in your life. If you don't have kids right now, mm-hmm. how are you at work? How are you driving? I had yeah. road rage. Yeah. I would get upset with people at the store if they stepped in front of me. I mean, I had some, yeah, so some it's like major... a really short temper. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there was definitely that. Or if you're the opposite where you won't talk about your feelings, mm-hmm. you just don't tell anybody how you're actually feeling. You give the silent treatments or whatever it is in that um, passive aggressive uh, behavior. So just kind of take an inventory. Where am I and how am I with other people? Yeah. Um, but absolutely. I don't think that whether you have kids or, or no kids, personal development is, is only going to benefit yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It's kind of funny though, because like all the moms that I interview though, I feel like a lot of these businesses, a lot of these, you know, personal development has happened after we have children because we want to be better for them. You know, they yeah. kind of push us to make these changes. Like some of the things that I have done since I had my child, I would have never even thought of probably before mm-hmm. having her. But I'm like, I want I want to be good for her. I want to show, you know, and be a good example. I want to continue to grow. I want to work hard. I want to do something that has meaning, you know, all of these things. And like, if I had never had my child, I can't say that I would be doing that right now. And even like a lot of the other businesses that, um, you know, have come about as these women entrepreneurs, they, a lot of them started from, you know, when they had their children, whether it was, you know, an experience that happens that they struggled with and they wanted to, you know, make something that offer support or even like, you know, OT, PT, all these things. Um, Yeah. So it's just, I find it really interesting and also amazing that our kids, um, you know, really push us to be our best self, right? And, you know, get help or, you know, talk to someone, um, start a business that we've been dreaming of, you know, it kind of kicks us in the butt and is like, all Mm -hmm. right, yeah, let's do this. Let's, you know, motherhood is not about being held back. It's almost like, you know, more of a shift to go forward and, you know, do big things. Yeah. There's yeah. absolutely no denying that children force us to have to think about somebody else and not ourselves. Yeah. Not that there aren't great people out there. You know, I definitely know a few in my own life who do great things without children. But absolutely. For the majority, you know, we, we have kids and it forces us to be like, wait, <laughs> wait a second. This isn't how I want to behave anymore. <laughs> I, in fact, right. I can't if I'm going to survive children. <laughs> Right, right. Or even like, I don't want my daughter to end up like this. So like, I need to make changes to, you know, be able to be a good example for her to to grow up around and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Where do you see your business, you know, five to 10 years from now, Natalie? Well, currently I'm writing a book. Amazing. Finally. So um, I, I don't know, five to 10, that's a long ways away. Yeah. <laughs> I hope 10 years from now I'm a grandparent. Um, yeah. It's funny because now I have teens. I mean, I have yeah. 13, 16, and 20. In two days, she'll be 20. Oh, my goodness. Um, and so I'm just adding, currently working on a, a bonus module in my program for teenagers okay. and raising teens. Amazing. So I don't know. Maybe I'll be helping the, the empty nesters at some point as well. Yeah. But That's yeah, really cool. At, at this point, yeah, at this point, I don't plan on... I'm quitting coaching, but yeah, 
we'll see where the Lord leads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. So where can we find you? I know you told us of your little um, trigger tracker that we're going to put below. Um, where's the best place to find you? I'm at nataliehickson.com. I have a blog post or blog over there and I'm a little bit on Pinterest, not really active on, um, on Instagram for yeah. business at the moment, but yeah. So, but yeah, nataliehickson.com. You'll find everything you need there. Okay. Yeah. I will link all of that below so they can find you. And um, thank you so much again for sharing your story. This was incredible. And I know it's going to help so many people. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Empowerhood is brought to you by Flourish Everyday Coaching. Check them out in the link below. And again, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. If you could take 60 seconds of your time and leave us an Apple review, this helps share the news about this podcast and help women all over the world. If you want to see the video version of this podcast, you can go to our YouTube channel and subscribe there. Thank you so much. And we'll see you at the next episode.